0: The first scripture text is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20, verses 7 through 9. O Lord, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. You have overpowered me, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughing stock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out, I must shout. Violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and a derision all day long. If I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. Here ends the scripture from Jeremiah. The second scripture is taken from the book of John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 14. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And this is Jesus talking. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here ends the scripture readings for today. May they they inspire us and be open to interpretation that we can understand. Amen.
1: As a young girl growing up in a conservative church, I have spent a significant amount of my life in trouble. Usually this was for asking questions everyone had tacitly agreed not to ask, but somehow I missed that memo. My previous faith tradition was one of internal logical consistency, but if someone questioned any of the fundamental presuppositions upon which the whole thing rested, it risked falling down around our ears. Because of that, such questions were often shushed or explained away with answers which were wholly unsatisfactory for a precocious young person. I also have a keen eye for inequity. I have to, growing up as a middle child with a brother on either side. I wanted equality. Equal computer playing time, equal sized scoops of ice cream, and equal bedtimes were all hard fought battles in my family. These things together make it no surprise that when we talked about the Apostles' Creed in catechism class, I picked up on the fact that the Holy Spirit doesn't get as much airtime as the Father and the Son. <laughs> it's not even one sentence. Lumped in with the Holy Christian Church, communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, and the life everlasting, that's it. Period, end of story. The Spirit was never talked about, never embraced, and never explored. Because of this, she's always been my favorite. For those who follow the traditional liturgical calendar closely, last week was Pentecost, and this week is the first Sunday after Pentecost and is known as Trinity Sunday. Pentecost, in theory, is supposed to be a celebration of the Holy Spirit, who, according to the book of Acts, descended like tongues of fire onto the disciples, enabling them to both speak and be understood. In spite of the fact that there were innumerable foreign languages represented in Jerusalem that day, everyone present heard the gospel in their own native tongue. Today, I would like to explore what it might look like for us as individuals and us as a church in the community of Colorado Springs to live the life of the spirit, thereby using this liturgical occasion of Trinity Sunday to honor the person of the Trinity who usually gets sidelined because she's inconvenient, uncomfortable, and mysterious. My favorite word for the spirit is the Hebrew word ruach. The Hebrew phrase ruach Elohim is most often translated as spirit of God, but could also be translated as breath or wind of God. Culturally, we often speak of divine inspiration. The word inspire means literally translated from its Latin roots to take in breath. The text from Jeremiah chosen for this morning echoes the story of Pentecost and uses imagery of fire to describe the work of the spirit. Tongues of Uh, And it echoes Pentecost, tongues of fire when pointed outward and used for relationship and fired in the bones if stuffed down, held back, or silenced. These two images, breath and fire, grant unique and vital insight into facets of who the spirit is and how she works. They are elements of movement and vitality, the fire and that which feeds it. And I submit that they are analogous to both listening and speech. Often within biblical text, the Spirit is subtle. She appears gently and quietly after all the bluster and noise has finished. She subverts expectation, opting to tap unlikely people on the shoulder and encourage them to speak. She has a mysterious, disruptive, seductive way about her. She lures people out of their comfort zone and into what she is calling them to be. Jeremiah paints a detailed picture of what it's like to be called by the Spirit. He says she is enticing. She draws him in, speaking directly to his soul in whispers and soft breezes, which shakes attention and listening to discern. Once she has his ear, though, she is quiet, but she will not be ignored. She moves him to speak, and speak he must. To do any other is to deny what he is being called to do, be a prophetic voice. The words of, the prophet in the Hebrew, uh, of prophets in the Hebrew Bible were disruptive. Time and again in these stories, the prophets, in the spirit, spoke out against and challenged the way their communities operated. There were a million reasons not to. It's natural and understandable that they might be afraid of saying something which would rock the boat or disrupt the way their contemporaries were living. They were no one's favorite people. Many of them were ostracized, mocked, threatened, persecuted, harmed, and even killed. Immediately before this passage in Jeremiah, he was in the stocks because he had spoken out. To be a prophetic voice is serious business. Should Jeremiah choose to answer to his fear, though, and ignore or resist the call to speak, he experiences, as the text tells us, something like a burning fire shut up in his bones. He has a calling and a purpose, and he must fulfill it, or it becomes too painful to bear. In the face of all that threatens him, he names the evil he sees in his country. He protests, and thereby changes the face of his community, even though it costs him dearly. The United Church of Christ has used the slogan God is still speaking since 2004. We as a faith community affirm what Jesus says in the text selected from the gospel attributed to John. God is still speaking. More will be revealed to us. There is discernment to be done through the Holy Spirit and there will always be more to seek and to understand. This passage too is a disruptive concept. It challenges the idea that what we're doing now is the final revelation. It points us forward toward relationship and discernment, asking us to be flexible and receptive to the voice of the Spirit as more is revealed to us. Built into our sacred text is the idea that divine inspiration and and revelation is ongoing and available to all who seek life in community and in the Spirit. God is not silent, dead, or abandoning us. Christianity, though it may not look the way it did before, is still a vibrant source of this information, is inspiration. It is this conviction that God is still speaking in and through us that draws many of us to this denomination and this congregation. First Congregational Church has long considered itself a prophetic voice in the community of Colorado Springs. By adopting the just peace and open and affirming designations, we have offered a different narrative of Christianity to our town and committed ourselves to the work of dismantling structures of oppression as we see them operating in our world. We oppose injustice and support those doing the work to bring about the kingdom of God, a future we can dream of where all, no matter what, are free to thrive. We are, as Paul Tillich would put it, committed to the Protestant principle. By crying out against injustice, we are living fully into the spirit and mission of the Protestant Church, pushing back against institutional oppression and proposing a new way to live and be together in community. We, with the help of the Holy Spirit, are constantly redefining what it means to be the Church in the face of opposition and resistance. For many of us, to do any other would be to fundamentally deny how we make sense of our Christian faith. This work is a sacred duty and we take it extremely seriously, though it may at times put us at odds with other Christian churches in town. If we as a congregation are a prophetic voice in Colorado Springs, who then are the prophetic voices for us as a congregation? Do we have them? Are we as a church open to the whispers of the Holy Spirit as she does her work of tapping on unlikely shoulders and moving those who are quiet to speak? When they speak, Do we hear them for what they are or do we react as Jeremiah's contemporaries did, laughing at and ridiculing them? Do we silence those who disagree with us because their perspective is challenging or makes us uncomfortable? If we truly believe God is still speaking through us as a community, the question must be asked, are we listening? Can we hear? Perhaps you are one who the Spirit is moving to speak. Are you answering to your fear like Jeremiah did? Do you keep silent and shut your thoughts or opinions inside because you fear what your fellow church members will say? Are you afraid of disrupting the institution of this church because of what it might cost you? If we are to maintain a reputation as a prophetic voice outside these walls, how much more important that we both raise and listen to the prophetic voices within these walls? In this way, we must practice what we preach. Meeting each other with courage and humility, emboldened by the Spirit to be both breath and fire, listeners and speakers, both are necessary components to life in the Spirit. This is a comfortable prospect for no one. For those of us currently in the position of listening to the Spirit and to each other, it takes laying down our defenses and being open to change. It takes discernment. It takes respect for the other as a potential voice of God. It takes being able to hear and act on what the prophetic voice may be saying to us, even if it's uncomfortable or challenges our convictions or deeply held beliefs and valued traditions. For those of us currently in the position of speaking, it takes trust that our voice is necessary and our opinion matters. It takes vulnerability with our siblings in faith in the face of the fear that they may react in violent or silencing ways. It takes living into the Protestant principle, knowing that the true work of the Spirit is to protest injustice no matter where it may be happening, even within our beloved church. This is the work of the Just Peace Initiative, to hear the prophetic voices in our congregation with humility and openness, with an eye toward and passion for creating the most just community possible. Our church is the beta testing site as we work to define what it means to be a just peace church in the community of Colorado Springs. We can't transmit something we don't have. So our, respect, our respective listening and speaking skills must be consistently put to use and honed. This church is the reactor where the breath and fire of the spirit meet, fueling us all to be Protestants in the truest sense of the word in any context we find ourselves in, whether it is on the level of our families, our church, or our city. It is through this process we can establish a dynamic unity where the quiet voice of dissent is honored and heard that we can rise to our calling outside these walls. Again, this is not easy. It's destabilizing by definition. There will always be something new to address within any institution we're part of. There will always be injustice. There will always be the work. Tillich goes on to write that a true Protestant church, which lives into the Protestant principle, bears the spirit, but not the exact image of the church that came before it. By definition, it changes as it refines itself. The church is always in discernment, and as such, what we find today is. is, The church we find today will not be quite the same as what we find tomorrow. As we learn to hear the Spirit speak through each other, our community will change and adapt in ways we will not expect. Though it's difficult, it need not be a fearful thing. If we can speak when we are moved and hear each other with humility, we can and will live into what it means to be a prophetic voice. In a way, we can take comfort in our discomfort, knowing that the Spirit is working in the disruption of our expectations. Life in the Spirit requires these two things, a willingness to listen and a willingness to speak. We, as members of this Christian community, are called to live out both the breath and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Through the season of Pentecost, as we contemplate the Holy Spirit and the work she calls us to do, may we bear these things in mind. May we listen more consciously, Speak with conviction when called to do so. Become more comfortable in our discomfort
0: and live into the fullness of what it means to be a prophetic voice.